Hey, Elizabeth. Hey. How's it going? It's going good. Good. Well, welcome everybody to Be Present Podcast with your host, Rashad Smith. This is a different segment of Let's Chat. We're going to be doing Let's Chat Get to Know. You're going to get to know me, your host, Rashad. And Elizabeth is my interviewer. I am the interviewee. So a little bit about my friend Elizabeth. She and I have known each other for almost 13 years, and we went to college together, and we're both now here in Texas together, and we're just as thick as thieves, and I really appreciate her and love who she is and my life. So Elizabeth, do you have anything to say before you ask me questions, or are you ready to jump into it? I'm ready to go. Let's do this. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. All right. So can you tell me about why you started this podcast? Yeah. Um, so actually, a little bit back than what I originally planned, I wanted to put out books. And uh, there wasn't a specific time frame that worked for me to put out books because I was busy working and on the road. And I never could actually sit down to write or get my work out. So I decided back in late 2019 before January 2020 hit that I was going to on January 1st start a podcast and I began planning out with those like all the way until almost the end of the year of this year and I kind of just delved into it Um, I probably should have had an intro about why I started this podcast back in January but I never did so here it is now the other thing is um, John the Baptist was a voice crying in the wilderness And no one heard him except God until he came out of the wilderness, yet John still had a message. Secondly, Jeremiah's passion and zeal for God Almighty, even when he was persecuted or imprisoned by Israel, by his loved ones, by the Gentiles, he still had to get the word out. And that's just how I feel. Like, it doesn't matter where I'm at. The the reason why this podcast is called Be Present is because I literally can be anywhere in the nation or anywhere in the world. And I can just use my phone or whatever device I have, my laptop, and I can connect with God. I can connect people to God. That's really what it's about. And lastly, I wanted to provide people my age, people younger, particularly zero to 36, that you're not too young. Doesn't matter what your age is. You can hear from God. And if you do hear from God, use your voice and be involved. So that last one really resonates with me. Um, I think it's really good that for us to see people our age kind of moving in what God's called us to do, because it, it helps to spur spur each other on to what he's called us to. So I agree. Yeah. So do you see that in your like do, outside of you and me? Like, do you see that where you are? And yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm so inspired. I'm like, they're doing it and they're the same age as me or at least in the same age group and they're doing the thing. And it's just, it's just inspiring and amazing to see people my age and people younger than me that are just doing what God's calling, calling them to do and, and being very passionate about it. So I know I love it. A bunch of Davids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, hmm? I said agreed. Yes. Awesome. It's awesome. Um, so what do you hope to come or anticipate from this podcast? 
You know, initially I thought there would be a ton more listeners than there are, but in my defense or in the podcast defense, if you will, the only person I told was you. And I actually told you back in December of 2019 that I was starting a podcast. And I think I told you right when I aired my first episode, I didn't tell anybody else until February. And even people who currently know now it's limited. I think maybe I've only told 15 to 20 people and that's a lot. And that was designed that way on purpose. I wanted to make sure it was protected. I wanted to make sure that it was people who needed to hear it and also people who I trusted and had a covenant relationship with. But now I'm ready for it just to take off and expand and whoever can listen to it. I mean, I've shared with you already. What's really cool about Anchor is that you can see from all over the world, not just this nation here in the United States, who's listening from which country, from which city, kind of get a view for it. So that's pretty cool. I really appreciate Anchor for that. But it's still in Genesis phase. It has a lot of room to grow and to spread. Um, but similarly to my answer in the first question, I just want all age groups to hear the deep truths and mysteries revealed and so witness the testimony of Jesus, which is prophecy. That's what this podcast is about. It's about connecting with Yeshua, connecting with Jesus, prophecy, testimonies, deep truths and mysteries. Um, I am not a short teacher at all. You know that? No, you're not. I, have, <laughs> I have a lot of meat and breath of matters concerning God. And I know that a lot of people just don't get into that. But it's it, there's something and out of the 27 episodes I have. And now including this episode, today 28 will continue. There's something for everyone to gravitate to. So I'm pretty excited about that. Absolutely. Um, can you give me five adjectives to describe yourself? Yeah, um, I will do that. And then I would like for you to give me one or two if you have it. So, <laughs> thing- <laughs> so I am creative. I am intuitive, I am inquisitive, I am caring, and I am authentic. Now, there are other ones, but those are ones that I can think of with the top of my head. And what I will say about inquisitive is it's not inquisitive in an annoying manner. It's not inquisitive in a challenging manner. I remember I had a job one time, and there were some people who thought that I was challenging authority or defying authority because I would always ask, why do we do it this way? I am that why child. Now, the funny thing is, I was not always the why child. I wasn't always like that. Even when I was young, um, or back to when I was young, sorry, that wasn't me. I never wanted to know why things worked. I kind of really was very introspective in my own world. It wasn't until I fully got to understand myself and know myself when I was in college, around 18, 19, my freshman year, that I really begin to ask questions and I begin to connect with who I was and I begin to understand my brain that I really do love science and I love learning why things work the way they work. So there's that. All right. I guess it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, well, I'll just give you, you said one or two. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. I'll just throw out maybe one. Okay. You are very wise and I think like if we go back to the age thing, um, some people may not realize that people our age can can um, really dig deep into who God is and bring up such deep revelation. And I don't know, I, I just see this overarching wisdom 
that is over you and just comes through you. And I believe that it really touches people in places that they need to be touched and it changes people's lives and it um, gives them a new perspective. And it's it's a very steady, uh, it's very steady. Um, it doesn't necessarily lean to one side or the other, um, but it's very, I don't know, it's very, very good. It's just, you would think <laughs> an older man is living in your young body. <laughs> that is not the case at all. <laughs> Always since I was a child. Let me tell you all something who's listening that was definitely unscripted. It was unplanned. I had no idea Elizabeth was going to say that, but it's so true. And I'm actually, I'm happy you said it, but I'm also surprised I didn't describe myself as that. What you may not know is people who are listening. My name, Rashad, means wisdom. It means one with counsel, he who is wise. So thank you, Elizabeth, for actually prophesying to me, 101 prophecy. That's what she was doing. She encouraged me. And so I'm living up to my name. So thank you for that. Yes, you are. I had forgotten that. <laughs> about your name. So there you go. <laughs> All right. So what are some things you wish people knew about you that you don't readily or regularly share? Yeah, I'll go just a little deep into this, but not too deep. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is that people need to understand um, that people who are strong or come across as strong or people who are leaders or might have an executive demanding quote unquote spirit, but it's not so negative. Um, that these people still need warmth, affection, encouragement, and love too. So I'm usually always checking on people, people who I haven't seen or heard from in years or months or weeks. It's just who I am. That's why I describe when I'm one of the adjectives is that I'm caring. I'll always try to text somebody or give somebody some warmth or love. Um, I can say that I don't receive that about half the time or less than that from people. And in some instances, like for instance, when I was living in Houston still and Hurricane Harvey just devastated the entire city, north, south, east, and west. Yeah. I didn't have anybody from college check on me except you. And you and I were in the same city. And I still have people who I'm in contact with from college. They're my friends. Um, actually, I had real friendships when I went to college. And that's just one instance. I mean, Houston flooded years while I lived there. Um, and there are other instances as well. I didn't really have too many people checking on me or my family when Hurricane Katrina happened back in 2005. So I just want people to understand that people who are strong, people who are leaders, that these people need encouragement and love to you. want to just make sure that you reach out and check on people. That's one thing. The other thing is um, my entire life, I've always been judged by the external instead of really what's internal. And Elizabeth, you touched on that when you said that most people don't think people our age could have wisdom or live in wisdom or actually exact wisdom. And you want to be careful not to make external assessments and because they don't always mean that's what's really inside. It's kind of what God was telling Samuel when he was set to anoint David. You're not supposed to judge the external, but what's inside. So that's what I'd say. All right. I agree. <laughs> so what motivates you? Yeah, um, I have a few things. What I'm really, or uh, I believe I shared this with you. I recently went vegan and let me just get it out the window. I am not, nor do I ever plan to be one of those vegans who's all high and mighty, who's uppity, who just is repulsive and you can't stand them. Um, I'm not trying to put anybody down, but I know many people like that. 
And I know that's the view that people get. The reason why I went vegan is because I discovered it is, it's the best diet for me. Um, I never really liked rice. And what I mean by like it, I could live without it. I never really liked bread or wheat. I could live without those things. I could live without most things. And for me, I chose that. I chose the lifestyle of vegan. So what what motivates me is health and fitness, which I really started to delve into really, really heavily in late 2019. Although I had started in 2020, I mean, 2012, sorry. And I am kind of sad that coronavirus is acting the way it is because I can't go to the gym, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm still finding methods to exercise and work out. Something else that motivates me is when I'm around people who are motivating or they're motivated by something. You have to have something to be motivated about and that really gets me going. There's a lot you can do with a, a group who are motivated. The next thing I'd say is I am in, I guess, the umbrella of HR as far as profession and under that specific umbrella, the stream would be training and development, recruiting, staffing, implementation. I love when people, I can teach someone something and they get it, the light clicks on and they grow and they begin to transform even outside of profession in personal or spiritual matters. When people are transformed and they begin to do the things they believe and say, I love seeing that happens. It motivates me. And lastly, I mean, Elizabeth, you know me, I am, I'm just, I'm going to, a person of initiative. Uh, I usually am motivated. Now, there are some things that I'm not readily will do, <laughs> but um, if you push me, I will do them maybe out of spite or pride. <laughs> Sad to see. <laughs> but I will do them. There are some things that I wish I would have done and I would have tried to do. And I'm, I, we might get to that a little later on, but if you give me a little TLC and motivation, I'm pretty sure I'd do it. So, I'm really inspired by your motivation because uh, I lack in that area (laughs) (laughs) and you already know it. (laughs) Like I can be motivated in a few specific areas, but there's a lot that I just need help. So if you want to just throw some at me, throw some motivation, (laughs) put it in the mail and send it. I'll take it. Thanks. (laughs) I like that. We'll do. Um, if you could start college over again, what would you do different? Uh, yeah, yes, 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 yes. I would definitely <laughs> want to start college over again <laughs> back when I was 18 and do lots of things differently. But I don't want people to hear me say in that that I am living in the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. I just I want to impart wisdom to people who are currently starting college or who are about to start college or, you know, maybe whatever age group, because you can be 45, 50, 60, whatever. Um, Know what you want and what you want to get out of it. When I went to college, this is going to take a little while, so just get ready, people. (laughs) Um, My senior year in high school, I was just done with everything. It was the worst year of school for me. Um, I was just done. There was so much going on internally, externally. I don't want to get into all that, but I literally did not apply to colleges until two weeks before the senior's final day. And the first college I applied to was LSU and they didn't respond to me. It was NSU or Northwestern State University where Elizabeth and I went. And um, Elizabeth, uh, sorry, Northwestern responded to me first. So I accepted that offer. I had also applied to several other colleges in Louisiana. Um, 
What I'm simply trying to say is I had no idea what I wanted to do while I was going to college. I was going to college because it was the quote unquote thing to do once you graduate, go to college. But I will say the redemptive purpose of my going to college, there was someone looking out for me and that someone is God, Yahweh, because his plans were higher than mine. And it, it literally saved me. It was a way of escape of leaving New Orleans, of getting out of a bad environment, of becoming a product of my environment. So that's what I want you to hear me say when I'm saying to you, I could do it over because I want you to make educated decisions about why you're going to college before you waste time and money. But I probably would not have been a psych major. I graduated with my first degree bachelor's in psychology. I probably would have done something with communication, definitely leadership because my passion is training and development and leading people. So I would have probably gotten a bachelor in that. I would have double majored one time instead of going back a second time and getting two bachelor's degrees i might have even looked into criminal justice because you know i don't like injustice and i might have would have stepped in something like the cia or fbi or internal affairs something like that i I just i hate injustice within the justice system and within society so something in those things i also probably would have gotten more involved in organizations and the community i really gravitated to my campus ministry and to sba student activities boards, but I never got onto leadership in that or um, in SBA. Never really didn't think with it outside of being a sophomore. So I really wish I would have done something more like intern in the community, helping others or helping place in the community just to get to know people, to build rapport and to get experience and ultimately help people in Natchitoches, Louisiana. Yeah. So, I mean, back to the college part, I would say College is just not for everybody. And I feel like society pushes it a lot. Um, But that's not what everyone's called to. And also for younger people, they should um, take time. I don't know Mm -hmm. when you graduate high school at 18 what you want to do. So maybe it would be good instead of just jumping into something, take time trying to figure out what you really want to do, what you're passionate about um, before jumping into college. Um, yeah, just check out other avenues. Um, but college isn't the end all be all. <laughs> right. Life. You're right. Yeah. You're right. And on that same note, as Elizabeth is saying, um, parents, your responsibility as well is to make sure your your children understand what's going on with that and that you're helping them and aiding them in the right direction. Elizabeth and I went to the same church when we were in college, and uh, there's a couple who I admire because the guy said in front of the entire church, I'm glad my son at the PS, they have four kids, I'm glad my son at the time did not go to college and he's working at my tire shop. And I looked at him and I thought as he was saying that, I'm like, wow, that really struck me. And I was really inspired by that. And he continued to exhort the church. And he was saying, because he needs to do and be who God says he is and not who I or his mother or society. And if college is not for him, I don't want him to go to college. And that was so revolutionary for me. And all four of those children are just fantastic and amazing. They're the shoats, and I love them for that. The other story I have uh, for encouragement for listeners is uh, Elizabeth and I have a mutual friend again. 
and she currently lives in Florida. She's a licensed psychologist and she inspired me probably to get into psychology. Um, but she knew when she was in fifth grade, she wanted to be a psychologist. She had determined since she was in fifth grade and when she was in middle school, she began practicing for the SAT and the ACT. And she knew at that time frame. So this goes back to the parents. Just make sure you're talking to your children. You're seeing what they want. You're seeing who yeah. they are and what their, their behaviors and their characters are. So it might help them go into the yeah. right profession. Definitely nurture, nurture, nurture the areas that you see them moving towards. 100%. So um, do you believe in regrets? And if so, do you have any? I do believe in regrets and I do have some. Um, Years and years and years ago, I used to always allow my regrets to get the best of me. I'm so glad that that's behind me. I don't think that way anymore. Although, you know, I'm not perfect, but I don't allow them to get the best of me. But there are some things in my past, my past stupidities I am not proud of. And I can look back and say, I wish I had not done that because that started this. And if we're all introspective and we look back retrospectively and we estimate and we say oh this is probably manifesting in my life now or this probably manifested because xyz happened and listen you don't need to live in regret you don't need to live in the shoulda coulda waters you need to live in shame or guilt because that's what the accuser wants to bring when we live in regret but we do need to say i did make a poor decision whether if it was directly or indirectly if you were brought into a poor decision or not and say that was a bad choice. It was a bad decision. I don't want to make that anymore. And of course, with the help of God, you can overcome anything. Yeshua himself said, with God, all things are possible. I really want to encourage you, listener, do not allow shame, guilt to overcome or overtake you. There is limitless possibilities Amen. with God. That's really good. Yeah. I think, um, at least for me, with uh, shame or regret, it keeps me from moving forward um, into what God has called me to do. Because sometimes if you allow it, it'll just hang over your head. Like the devil's mm-hmm. um, continually bringing this nasty, smelly thing and sticking it in your face, you know? And, yeah, like you said, yep. it's really important to... You can acknowledge, hey, this happened, but you got to move past it so you can be all that God's called you to be. Otherwise, you, you, you might not get there. So, Yeah. Why do you call God Yahweh or Jesus Yeshua? I love that question. Thank you for asking me. Um, <laughs> so... We, and when I say we, I mean those of us who grew up in the church, like you and me, or uh, others who have, or people who maybe have joined when they were in college or teenagers or later on in life, we get so caught up in saying God, Lord, Savior, and Master, and all those things are good. Let me tell you something. He is all those things, and he was those things first, but you have to understand there has always been imitations from the kingdom of darkness And there are many religions who call their supreme ruler God. And 
we also have to understand the times that we're living in that we are called to leave the structure or leave the four walls, leave the, leave the church and go into the right. world. And when we're amongst the world, when we are in the secular spaces, when we're in the marketplaces, when we're in whatever, and people are saying, God, you don't know which God right. we're talking about. So I like to differentiate and say Yahweh, because that's how he introduced himself to Moses when he had intimacy and relationship in the Bible. And that's his name, just like my name's Rashad, your name's Elizabeth, I am male, you are female, but you know, he is God, but his name is Yahweh. As far as Yeshua, um, Arabic and Hebrew and languages of, of that nature don't usually or at all use J, they use Y. So I want to make sure I honor Yeshua or Jesus with his native tongue as he's the son of God, the son of man. And then lastly, uh, I just love how God, Yahweh, places people in my life when I was Working in the hospital in 2005, right before Hurricane Katrina hit in New Orleans, um, a lady came up to me. She and I worked together, had a good rapport. And she said, Rashad, you do know that he likes to be called by his name. And that stuck with me ever since. And it's 2020 now. So 15 years later, that is still sticking with me. And I'm calling him by his name, Yahweh. And I'm calling Yeshua, Yeshua. Holy Ghost is Holy Ghost. <laughs> or Ruach HaKadosh. So for me... Um... Calling God Yahweh or Jesus Yeshua is pretty, pretty fresh, but I'm getting used to it. And like deep down, I want to honor Yahweh and I want to honor Jesus um, by calling them their name. So I'm working on it. <laughs> like overall in the church, we're just so used to saying God or used to saying Jesus is not really something we think about, but um i think if i think if people knew at least they'd start to consider oh you know maybe we should maybe we should be doing things differently maybe we should be calling him call him who he is you know yeah right right and i let me say this as you're saying that this is not to discourage anybody it's, it's not that right. you cannot call him god he's god he is jesus uh, you don't have to stop doing that, but um, let me give you two examples. One is on two different occasions when I was working at a specific job, these customers came up to me um, on their own. I didn't ask them to, and they saw a look on my face, or maybe they were discerning something, or maybe they were off. I don't know, <laughs> but both of them said, can I pray for you? And quickly, my immediate answer was, only if you're praying to the God of heaven in Jesus. And most people might not do that. And most people might be fearful to do that. And most people who hear that might be turned off. And I can't tell you to or not to do it, but you want to be careful when people say, let me pray for you. Of course, you know, people who have a rapport. I would never be afraid of saying to Elizabeth, when Elizabeth says, I'm praying for you, I know who she's praying to. But when people say that who you don't know or people in the world or you're in a, a mass full of people, they might not be praying to the same mm -hmm. God of heaven as you are, Yahweh and Yeshua. And the other thing that I just want to give to you all is that there are many Joshua's, there are many um, Jesus's in the world who are not the son of God, the son of man. So that's just to differentiate that he is god he is the son of man he came through a virgin born walked the earth 33 years and he took his life and he rose and he ascended 
just want to worship him as that that Jesus, not any other Jesus. Yes, absolutely. So do you enjoy being out in nature? I do. And that's a good question. Thank you for asking. I recently just discovered that I do enjoy nature. Uh, I enjoy <laughs> tans, and I currently have, I currently have a two-tone tan. I have a tan from my shoulder to my forearm. And then I have a darker tan uh. from my forearm <laughs> to my hand. <laughs> so yes, yes we can. can. And some tans. of us can um, get sunburned. Yes. We... <laughs> yes, very much so. Um, but I didn't realize how much I really enjoyed nature until this year, until three and a half weeks ago when the gyms closed and I had to interact with nature being forced by this pandemic. I just want to encourage you all who are listening that there are some quintessential lessons that we all can learn during this time that we're in with this pandemic about ourselves, about our world and about each other, mm-hmm. even behind closed doors and being self-quarantined. All right. Um, so what's something you've always wanted to do, but never had the courage to try? Yeah, so sports. Um, now, I did play basketball for one what? season in I the summer of 2011. I did. Yeah, I played. Uh, it wasn't in my district. It was in my, one of my cousin's district. He and I were on the same team, and we played against another cousin. Yes. That was fun. I sucked. I was not good at all. But I did my best. I showed up to every practice. I wore the uniform. I ran up and down yes. the <laughs> while in my head, like, Rashad, you're dumb. You have no idea what you're doing. But I really wish I had um, the desire and the push. My sister was more athletic than I was. She was involved in track and she was on a dance team her entire uh, high school career or high school life. I didn't do anything in high school except the Spanish American club when I was in junior and then senior year. So I wish I'd have gotten involved in sports, something like soccer or cross country or track. Um, if that time came around again, you know, I really, I grieved for years, Elizabeth. I, and this goes back to that regret thing that I got over, but for years ago, I grieved. I'm like, Oh man, I missed out on this part of my life and I can never do this now because I'm such and such age. And recently I was thinking about, my dad told me when I was a teenager, he's like, Rashad, I'm surprised you never did, never did gymnastics. And I'm like, well, dad, you never <laughs> pushed me to do some gymnastics. But, you know, thinking about it, I, I would have actually been good at gymnastics. And I thought as a young adult in my early 30s, I'm like, I'm too old to do gymnastics. So I started looking up gymnastics and I saw this 70-year-old woman doing gymnastics. Actually, I didn't even look her up. That popped up yes. on its own in my ah. YouTube feed. So... God can speak any kind of way, and you're not too old. You're not disqualified uh, at any age. So, yes, if yeah. you take up gymnastics, I need to be there. I need a be recording. <laughs> I need to take pictures. <laughs> I'm enjoying my fun. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> I will. So who are some of your heroes and why? I have a few heroes. Um, some are biblical, some are in the church, some are not in the church. Um, King David, biblical, Helen Keller, Martin Luther King Jr. and Martin Luther, Abraham Lincoln and Albert Einstein. So King David, Helen Keller, Martin Luther King Jr., Albert Einstein and Abraham Lincoln, all those individuals had stigmas placed on them by society, by their family, even by themselves and of course by the enemy. 
and they had personal adversities respective to their time frames and the era they were in, their calling situations, but they overcame them all. And to date, they are still instrumental and notable figures throughout the world. Mm-hmm. I love them for that. I have had um, so many things placed on me, so many stigmas since I was a kid, probably in the womb. And I had to overcome all that adversity and to be able to say that I am still here, that really is a testament to God's power, to Yahweh's power. But to see people in history who went through similar things, especially Helen Keller, uh, deaf, blind, and mute, and the accomplishments and achievements that she had, it's it's phenomenal. Um, I I mentioned- Oh, I said, yeah. That's what I said? Oh, yeah. And the other person, Martin Luther, um, he- didn't necessarily have a stigma, but Martin Luther revolutionized and brought in the Holy Spirit to the church when the church was disregarding the power and the activity of God. So I really appreciate Martin Luther for that. Now, some modern day heroes would be Chuck Pierce, Arthur Burke, John Paul Jackson, um, Connie Fisher. I know many of you might not be that's familiar with Connie Fisher. Um, she did a lot of work throughout the nation, specifically in Texas and Southern regions. She did much work on redemptive gifts and spiritual warfare um, and just really, really, really deep teachings. I got some of my teachings from her, but she's really deep. So Chuck Pierce, I really appreciate the way that he pastors and tends to the people, even the people he will never know on a personal basis. He's really a father. He's really a shepherd. Um, I appreciate his ability to watch and discern time and to merge warfare and worship. It is beautiful. If you have never been to Glory Zion International in Corinth, Texas, yep. you need to go on site whenever this pandemic ends. And you definitely need to watch online. You will be changed forever. And he is probably one of the top tier, most accurate yes, modern day is. prophets yes, of Yahweh, is. hands down. Yeah. So um, next would be Arthur Burke. I like people who can think and aren't afraid to think. Arthur Burke is very intelligent. He thinks a lot. Um, And I learned from him from a distance how to tap into my thinking ability because for years it was closed and locked off and how to problem solve. Arthur Burke knows how to solve problems. People don't even know that are problems. Um, And he knows how to pull out principles, spiritual and natural. And he taught me that. So I appreciate that. John Paul Jackson, I miss him so much. I miss him so much. I don't think there is or was as humble, authentic, and relatable prophet teacher like John Paul Jackson. Um, He taught me from a distance as well how to expand heaven's domain, even amongst wicked people. What I mean by that is I hear so many people say, be careful who you allow to touch you or get around, or this is before the pandemic, or who you sit by. or And John Paul Jackson always said, that greater is he who's in me than he who is in xyz so he who's in john paul jackson was known for going on mountains and having war with witches and sorcerers over land because he would go and set up an altar a pillar for yahweh and then they would come and destroy and set up an altar pillar for their god and then ultimately of course yahweh won and he that land was for Yahweh, but he would go into um, New Hampshire and other places where he would live into state fairs. And there would be booths where witches and fortune tellers were, and he would set up his dream interpretation booth. And the power inside of he and his team from Holy Ghost was greater than the power in the witches 
and they came over to his booth and everybody else came over to his booth. And even the palm, palm readers, fortune tellers were getting their dreams interpreted in prophecy. And that is what I'm talking yeah. about. That's how it's supposed to happen. That's how you, that's what happens in the book of Acts. That's how people are proselytized. They're evangelized. They're saved. And I appreciated him for that. And then finally, Connie Fisher, she let me be myself. She let me explore myself. She loved me for who I was. She actually taught me how to love myself and, how to see myself. I love her for that because I lived in self-hatred for years. You might hear more on that at a later time, not tonight. <laughs> um, but I, I overcame that and thankfully, and she taught me that there is always room for the next generations and that the younger folk have a seat at a table, not just a seat at a table, but the mm -hmm. younger folk have gifts and they are leaders as well. So I know that was a oh, long that was answer, good. but I had to get all that. <laughs> I hope y'all taking notes out there. <laughs> um, can right. you explain your calling, um, your purpose? Yeah, so this is very long. I'm not going to give it all tonight. I'll do it very shortly. So um, in 2015, back to Connie Fisher, before she moved from Houston, Texas, she and I were having lunch at our favorite restaurant or my favorite restaurant that we were meeting at because I'm a redemptive mercy. And something about redemptive mercies is we love essence and we connect with things and with people. And because we had been frequenting that frequenting that restaurant, it built a it, it built its own essence and rapport that we have to keep going there. And she respected that. She knew me as a mercy. So she continued to oblige me with that. But anyway, she leaned over to me and she said, Rashad, I can't leave until I do this. And she said, I impart to you the gift of fathering. You are a father. And she, you know, she continued on and on and on. I took that seriously. I didn't begin to see it manifest until 2017, but I really took it seriously. And I'm thankful that she saw that in me and she imparted it to me. And let me tell you all, if you haven't heard this or you don't know this, you cannot impart or give what you don't have. Connie Fisher definitely is a father. Yes, she is female. And yes, she was married to a man and she has children. But men, women can father and men can mother. That's for another topic, another day. Um, I am called to be a father. So as Moses was a father to the nations, to Israel, but specifically on a smaller level to Joshua, as Elijah was a father, and the spirit of Elijah is a fathering spirit, as Yeshua was a father to his disciples, and as Paul was a father to so many, I am a father. Fathering is not an easy task, and many people want it or say they want it, but they don't know really what they want or really what all comes with that. So let me just tell you a little bit about the fathering spirit. It champions the generation's synergy. So it pulls the generations together. It doesn't just speak to the old generation. It speaks to all generations, even to children, even children who have yet to be born, as Yahweh did Jeremiah, or children who are in the womb, as the angels did um, with John the Baptist and with Yeshua. Um, it is an infusion of the apostolic prophetic gifts. It calls people out of their weakness and out of their feebleness into strength. So it is a strengthening gift or strengthening calling. And that's not an easy task for many people. It prepares people for hardships to build character so that character can generate true, authentic, legal power. 
Many of us want power. We want the power demonstrations. We want the signs. We want the wonders. But I want to caution you and warn you that when this all comes and falls, you will need to be fathered and mentored so your character can match that gift and that power or it will be tainted and perverted and it will become inauthentic and illegitimate. And finally, fathers cause others to mature unto destiny. That's what it's all about. That's where we want to get to our destiny and to our fulfillment. These are there are other things I'm called to. I won't go over them tonight. Again, like I said, you'll have to stay tuned for that later on. But I do have a prophetic and teaching gift that I've okay. used since 2005. Good stuff. So, do you have a personal motto? And if so, can you share it with us and explain? I do. I have seven life principles, which I consider myself seven life models, and they're all scriptural based. I'm not going to give them all again. I'll just summarize all seven of them in this quote. Whatever you do, just do it. So take action, take initiative, just do it and do it with zeal, a sense of pride and purpose. Remember to honor God, Yahweh, and to have the others, people and the world benefit from whatever you do. Awesome. Great motto. (laughs) I think it's so appropriate you being (laughs) redemptive mercy. You got seven life mottos. So appropriate for a mercy to have a ton of different (laughs) mottos. This is true. You know me so well. Well, Elizabeth, I want to thank you for interviewing me and for allowing me to share just a little bit about myself. I know the people out there listening who might not know me in different cities or people who do know me that might not have known some of these things like you yourself said you didn't know I played basketball at one point. So um, this is just in short who I am and why I started this podcast. And you're going to be hearing more from people in their lives. Elizabeth, you'll hear from her as well. I'll interview her. You might hear from some other people you may know and some people you don't know the purpose of this specific segment within this series is for you to hear people's testimonies for you to hear their lives for you to have your faith and your spirit stirred so father i just pray for all the listeners right now i thank you for who they are i thank you that you speak to them in this hour i thank you that they know that your true power is power that you are yahweh you're yahweh by yourself you are yeshua you are yeshua yeshua alone you are savior and savior alone you are messiah and you will save us we thank you for your blood we thank you for your name and neither has lost its power neither has lost its potency and it still remains throughout the ages i pray you are blessed i pray you are edified and that you go get your inheritance oh, Elizabeth, you thank you for having me post? it's been fun yeah agreed you well you all be blessed Elizabeth. Have